This is a Bandit Radio production. You're listening to One Team, One Podcast, your unfiltered source for LSU sports. Presented by Courtesy Automotive Group and Bandit Radio Productions. On this episode, we discuss our LSU baseball all-time team. We take a look at LSU football's recruiting on the defensive side. And we have some breaking news on the podcast. Texas A&M is on probation. Okay, guys, in a great, great mood today. Yes, sir. First of all, it is holiday weekend. I started a little early. Fourth uh, of July weekend. You're you're about to go out of town, right, Jack? Yep, I'm going to Lake Charles. Lake Charles. Okay, mm-hmm. with the fam- oh, family. Yes, yeah, Sarah's family. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, right before we got on, we got the greatest news that we could get for a holiday weekend. Mm-hmm. Your Texas A&M Aggies are on probation. And Jimbo Fisher got a show cause. So, what exactly does a show cause? What does that mean? Basically, he had to stop doing anything for certain periods of time. Now, they, they said it was a six-month show, show cause is what I read, but it looked like it was broken out, and there was, like, little part. Like, he couldn't text at certain times, and he couldn't do other things at different times. Mm-hmm. And then there's an un, unnamed... Um, Recruit? No, assistant coach but i have to think that this is damian craig that's (laughs) just in my blood that i'm just gonna say that's damian craig and he was getting in trouble at lsu if i remember right with similar stuff yeah because i remember he like left and it was like similar to like how tommy robinson and then there was bad blood a little bit well on his part right and then um clearly and I kind of wanted to start off with this because it's just, to me, you couldn't happen to a, a nicer group of people, uh, the Texas A&M fans. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of wanted me to uh, talk a little bit about, because I've mentioned this a few times on the on different episodes, how I feel like LSU has now, um, we're, we're entering a, an era where we are going to beat the tar out of Texas A&M Similar how we used to beat the tar out of Mississippi State all those years. Right. I think it was like before Dak Prescott, it was 17 out of 18 years we beat Mississippi State. And I am uh, foreseeing that happening with Texas A&M. And it was all because of the seven overtime fiasco um, and all that uh, hatred that happened that night. Um, it's going to escalate. And this is this is part of their karma coming back to them. Right. But. The only thing with uh, comparing it to Mississippi State is, like, Mississippi State just sucked, you know? And I I think A&M sucks, but I don't think they suck that bad. You know what I mean? Yeah, they just kind of suck. They just suck a little bit. They right. don't suck They as suck bad. enough right. to where that, like, they suck well, a little bit, and then we hate them, and then it just kind of turns But I also feel us. like we're better, we're better now than what we were then, too. So That's true. Um yeah. I feel like we're we're actually on the rise. They're kind of still mediocre. The in my offense opinion. that we're running now, like, 
it it allows us to blow teams out now. Like if yeah. we're better than them, we're gonna blow them out. And I mean, whatever, Kellen Mond. <laughs> I I just don't feel like he's going to get over any kind of hurdle. Um, and I don't think that he's really got the. I think he's got good talent actually, but I just don't feel like he's got what it takes to take them anywhere. Yeah, I and, don't think Kellen and I honestly, good. man, what a what a bullet that we do- did we dodge not getting Jimbo Fisher. Yeah. So, all right, here's a hypothetical because we love hypotheticals on this podcast. Um, what if uh, Les Miles was fired at the end of 2015 and we hired Jimbo Fisher? I mean, we would be – I feel like we would be right where A&M may be at right now. No. Maybe better, no, huh? No, because we have a better Jimbo, had a, Jimbo had a lot taller hill to climb – at A&M than he would have had at LSU just in terms of talent. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, look, we had dudes. We had – who would he have inherited? He would have inherited Fournette, Fournette guys. Fournette, guys. Uh, Danny Etling. Maybe he – yeah, Danny, <laughs> big old good quarterback Danny Etling. Uh, I mean, DJ Shark. Maybe – at the time, he had had a good run with quarterbacks. Maybe he does something better with Brandon Harris. Uh, and doesn't uh, allow him to just turn into this head case, you know? I feel like we would still be, like, we would have a pro-type pro offense, pro-system, right. but... It would be a hell of a lot more balanced, at least. Balanced, yeah, but not like, you know, we would we were always screaming for to get our players in space, you know? Right. Um, and we finally have that now. Man, I just feel like we dodged a huge bullet. Uh, I, I, I I don't feel like we dodged a bullet. I well, feel like let we me just ask you, if feel like we just like won the lottery with Coach O. Like we had a ticket, we didn't really like the ticket, and then like it just well, and we didn't really know where it was going to be until um, even after his first year. I mean, with the Matt Canada thing, that was also a head scratcher. Oh, yeah, no, we lost to freaking Troy. Yeah, well, and no one felt good after twenty. Well, not only did we lose lost we lose to Troy, but we also had all of the inner. The stuff that was happening behind the scenes with right. him and Matt and then Canada at the end that of you the didn't year, really know at the time. Right, and then at the end of the year, you hire uh, Steve Ensminger as your offensive coordinator, and everyone's like, well, what well, the hell? Right. He hasn't been a full-time offensive coordinator since the 90s. Right. Uh, right. So, yeah, no, nothing. I, 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 w- I didn't feel good about anything after 2018. And then spring game that year, and you none of the quarterbacks looked any good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, Joe Burrow comes along. But Texas A&M. They have a. We've talked about their schedule. They have a uh, a very conducive schedule for a good a good record this year. For sure, maybe like a ten and two type team if if they can just beat one of those three teams. Yeah, yeah, they got to beat probably Auburn, right? Probably if they beat Auburn, Auburn, then they could be ten and two possibly. Right. Um, if they come out of there with four losses this year, is Jimbo Fisher? No, he's not fired. You That's don't think what you're so? Saying. Um. What would it take I to fire Jimbo Fisher? Let's talk about that. He's already got now. He's got like uh, a show cause. He's they're on probation. He would be You're on paying a, him seventy five million. I think he would be on a serious hot seat in twenty twenty one if he, if they go eight and four this year. I think he has to do nine and three or better and like look good in twenty twenty one. Well, the problem is though, who's their quarterback after Mond? I mean, this is Mond's yeah, last that's year. True. I mean, you're going to be. I think whoever that is, there's going to be a lot of pressure on that kid to do well because Jimbo Fisher's job is going to – Well, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be on the SEC Biased podcast, and uh, the host, her name is Shelby. She's a huge Texas A&M fan. And I know we're her guest on that show, but I can't wait to grill her 
on Texas A&M. So if you're listening, Shelby, you better get your you better start taking your notes now because <laughs> old Maddie, Maddie's coming at you about some Texas A&M because I I think that they're on a um, downhill trajectory. Um, and if they don't if they don't win, I think if they don't win three games, just, I mean, uh, sorry, lose three. If they lose more than three games, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's on the hot seat this year. I'd say nine and three, and then go win a bowl game. A and M fans are probably feeling pretty good. So what if you're eight and four and then you lose the bowl game? Oh, eight and five. He's that's goner. Pr- that's tough. I mean, you're paying him way too much money. Yeah. It, it, and after all, I mean, all right. So let's talk about since they got Jimbo Fisher, you had the um, the whole debacle with his nephew. Uh, trying to start fights, right. and I think there was some back and forth with that speaking a little bit of with Damian us. Craig. Right. Speaking of uh, Damian and Craig a little bit, but um, you have you have somebody like Damian Craig under your wing yeah. who's just to so me he's a bad apple. Yeah. Now you have the NCAA violation. Um, you've gotten uh, you got kind of beat up last year. Um, I don't know how recruiting really looks for them. I haven't really been taking a look at it too much, but. Also, you lost your athletic director to LSU. Oh yeah, Scott Woodward. <laughs> I always forget about that. I mean, it, it's it, we've. I mean, we've come so far in right. like a matter of three years yeah. between A and M and LSU. Right, and that's kind of why I think A and M fans were st- felt like they were starting to build and build and build. And I think part of that was because of Scott Woodward and all the hires he was making. Right, like just well, they, they, I mean, they felt so good about all their sports. Well, and they've always just checkbook is no. That's no question with yeah, them. They absolutely. have the money to yeah. spend on anybody. Absolutely. And you finally had a guy in place like Woodward who was willing to do whatever. Um, to lose him to LSU, I'm sure, was a shot. I don't know, man. I think I think they're going down. Uh, so uh, let's light up the cigars this weekend, guys. Uh, great weekend. Uh, put a couple of extra pork chops on the grill uh, for old uh, Jimbo Fisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you still think they're going to go 10 and two this year? No, you think nine and three, nine and three. What was their over under on, uh, losses or wins? That it was, it was nine a, and a half, nine and a half. So they, and I said, put the, put the money on the under nine and a half, right? Yeah, no, I would. Yeah. You got to go nine, right? I'm, uh-huh. I wonder if that's changed by now. The yeah, nine I don't and know. a half should, total. We should check that. Um, so I guess they're giving them half a game on that Auburn, Alabama, LSU, and then saying like. They're going to win all the games outside of that. Well, you did have uh, a couple of idiotic rankings that came out, SEC rankings, about a week ago, and a lot of people jumped oh, yeah. on that. And they had uh, LSU, I think, picked, what was it fifth? Sixth. Sixth. Sixth? Yeah, only ahead of Arkansas. Sixth in the West. Only ahead of Arkansas. <laughs> oh, my God. So basically saying, like, Mike Leach and Lane Kiffin are going to be yeah, awesome. Yeah, somebody's wanting some clicks is what yeah. they were doing. But mm-hmm. we also, this week, put out our Bandit Radio Top Ten um, where we actually have mm-hmm. LSU fourth, am I right? In the country, in the in the country. Yes, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Let me rephrase <laughs> that. Preseason top ten for all of college football. Mm-hmm. Um, Only behind Bama, Ohio State, and Clemson. Yeah, so you had Clemson one, yeah. Ohio State two, and yes. then Bama three. Right. Um, and it's funny that we have that. It, there were cumulative rankings between all of our podcasts with Bandit Radio. So Bandit, shout out to Bandit Radio, Bandit. Bandit Radio 3 on Twitter. Um, but it was a cumulative between all of our podcasts. And it's funny because me and you 
we also think that LSU is could beat Alabama at home. Yeah, I, I was the only one who had Alabama. I mean, LSU ahead of Alabama. Right. Uh, on mine, I had LSU at three. And I I just had them flipped. But the the top twenty five actually ended up being pretty interesting. You had like, I think UCLA was in there. Which is just yeah bizarre. That's why I was like, I don't even want to post the rest of this. Yeah, so UCLA hasn't weird. even had like a winning record in the past like three or four years. Yeah, and uh, it's funny when I'm I'm looking at it again right now, and the Penn State is in there, and I had a big Twitter beef with Penn State. Oh yeah, about a week ago, you started it. Yeah, it was me. You started it, it, and you went to sleep or something, and then <laughs> I woke up. Started started back on your conversation yeah. with these people, and uh, by the end of the day, I was no, blocked. I was I was playing golf. That's what it was. You were playing golf. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, I was Dude, picking it up, those, and they were crazy. Yeah, they were all over me, and it was about who's was their about, linebacker? Um, it was about uh, Micah Parsons. Uh, Micah Parsons, first. number eleven for Penn State. So yeah, like, who's better, him. him or Derek Stingley? Yeah, who's and the defensive player of the year? Was the question right? right. Yeah, yeah, and uh, all like so the original post was. Uh, Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the country, and it shouldn't even be a discussion. Right. This is and like one of those uh, CFB hype CFB twenty four seven. Yeah. And then it puts like, put like a little trademark thing on. Yeah. There. Like it's like a fifteen year old kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, he's he's actually he's twenty one. He's posted his age before. Um, even better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, same age as me. Uh, same playing field. Uh, and just the whole this shouldn't be a discussion thing is what got That's, me. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, obviously it's discussion, dude. We're having a discussion right now. And uh, I I even said, I was like, Michael Parsons, he, maybe he is better than Derek Singer. I don't know. I just think they're very close. And Penn State guys were on our case saying that uh, I don't even know what their point was. Well, first, I didn't get really get started until I saw one thing. They were One of the ways that they were defending Parsons was they were saying, and I've seen him play. Um, I haven't watched a whole lot of Penn State. He's a beast. He's good. Yeah, really good. They came out and said that um, he is a a potential – no, they didn't even say potential. Hall of Fame talent. He's a Hall of Fame – he's Hall of Fame talent, and he is – what was the word they used? Generational – Generational talent. Linebacker or something, yeah. He's a generational talent. Right. And Hall of Famer. And I came back and said, okay – uh, Stingley was a freshman last year, right. freshman All-American. Stingley will win the Thorpe this year. He will win the Thorpe next year. He will be a two-time he'll Thorpe win winner, one of those and he'll be a top three draft choice when he comes out. And I'm only saying that because a quarterback most likely will be picked b- before him. Yeah. But he'll be top three. Um, and well, If you're in the top five for a corner. That but I'm not going to come out here free. and say Stingley's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> no. I mean, that's crazy talk. I won't even say he's a LSU Hall of Famer. Come on. Like although he probably is. And I almost responded. I said, "Oh, you think he's going to be in the Penn State Hall of Fame? That's great." Yeah. No, no, he's meaning the NFL Hall of Fame. <laughs> like right up there with Lawrence Taylor apparently. Right. I mean, give me a break. So that's when I got started. But then at the yeah. end of the day, after everything, all the smoke cleared, I'm now blocked by we are Penn State recruiting or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so those, those guys were not happy. Yeah. Oh, and then you also, we'll wrap it up after this, but you also brought up a good point, uh, where you showed like Micah Parsons stats and like, he has good stats. He has very good stats, but he had like 110 tackles. Oh, I said, I said, he's not even better than Devin White. Yes. 
Devin White had like 130 tackles. Right. His sophomore year. I was like, and Devin White's a great player, all right? So, yeah. like, if he's on the same and par Devin as Devin White. Devin White had the same exact situation as Micah Parsons, where he, he uh, started off in a different position, basically. Yeah, exactly. He was, uh, I mean, he was, uh, he was a linebacker in high school, but he was linebacker slash running back and kind of thought he was going to play running back in college. Nah, not really. He was recruited as a linebacker, and if you want to come and try to play running back, but right. we really want you as a linebacker. Right. Right. Um, what was our backfield that year? It was like Leonard Fournette. It was the same backfield we were just yeah. talking about with that Jimbo would have inherited in our hypothetical. Uh, right. Leonard, Darius, uh, Daryl Williams, and then apparently you had another stud coming in the very next year. You didn't know he was a stud, though, with Clyde. Right. So, yeah, that was my, my argument was, all right, let's look at Micah Pearson, Parsons. Sorry. Michael Parsons. Michael? Micah. 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 Let's call him Michael Pearson. <laughs> Let's look at Michael Pearson's stats uh, with Devin White's. I mean, Devin White had like 30 more tackles than this guy. Yeah. Buckus Award winner, uh-huh. first round pick. Like, that's that's Fifth the level. Overall, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but that's the level you need to be at, right? And I'm not trying to claim that Devin White is going to be a Hall of Famer. Right. And he's not a generational talent. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, he's very great. He's great. He's an all-time. He's, he's at least on the brink of being a generational talent at linebacker. Yeah, I mean, just gen- like what does the, that even mean? Generational talent. It's a. I don't know. It gets thrown. I out. think of generational talent as Lawrence Taylor. Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're talking about a guy on a whole new Bo Jackson. Okay. Yeah, that's a good point. I think my thing is that the the word generational whatever gets thrown around a little bit too much. I think like uh, these see, are a lot of Twitter. You see people guys. say like generational arm talent with like guys who just have like a pretty good arm. Well, like, and then like there's you'll the see whole, people say that about like miles Brennan. Well, He's then there's the whole, there's the whole, um, arm talent. Like what does arm talent mean? Right, Let's yeah. dissect it. And I'm like, no, is it like, is it arm strength or is it like being or able accuracy to, or accuracy? Do you or call is it being arm able to, talent accuracy? Or is it I like don't Patrick Mahomes and Brett Favre, how they're able to throw out of like different arm slots and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't think of arm talent as I think of arm talent being arm strength. You see, I've I've actually always thought arm talent is more like the Mahomes deal, where he's able to like throw sidearm and like throw out different angles, and different stuff. angles and stuff. But he's still got a but lot of strength. But he's also got really good arm strength. Well, I'm glad you mentioned Miles Brennan because we have a new segment, and it's going to start right now. It's now time for your favorite game show. Guess Miles Brennan's weight. Okay, Jack, this is the game show we've all been waiting for. Um, how much does Miles Brennan weigh? 211 pounds, that's my guess. 218. 218. Thanks for playing. Guess Miles Brennan's weight. And before we get into our next segment, I wanted to give a big, big shout out to our sponsor. Um, it's courtesy automotive group in Lafayette, Brandon Lejeune, big shout out to Brandon over in Lafayette. Also big shout out to court Williams over at courtesy, big supporters of our podcast. And we want you guys to go give them a like on Facebook. Uh, go ahead and like Brandon's page. He posts deals all the time. 
Um, he's got new uh, vehicles coming in. He was just on vacation this week, so he'll be back on Monday. So right when you get back on Monday, I want to see uh, messages in his inbox for different deals that you're wanting him to do for you. Um, again, they're in Lafayette, so they can deliver cars all over the place. He had one um, going out the other day to Prairieville. So uh, don't be shy about contacting him about a deal, especially if you're looking for a new GMC truck. He's got tons of them over there. Again, courtesy automotive group, big, big supporters of us. Um, go give them a like and a shout out and big LSU fans as well. And also big LSU baseball fans. And that brings us to our next topic. Uh, something that I kind of, uh, was looking at today on Facebook. Um, there was a new article on, um, ESPN and it's introducing ESPN's greatest all-time college baseball team. Um, and it has, some of the people that you would think of, it's got actually got Barry Bonds on there, which was a little surprising to me. Um, Barry Bonds, great baseball player, obviously, but college baseball, I don't know if you would immediately think of him as a uh, like the greatest college baseball player, but he made the outfield for this team. One of the big surprising things LSU related on this list was Alex Bregman, the all-time best shortstop voted uh, on the all-time best college baseball team. Yeah, that's crazy to me. I mean, we we love Alex Bregman, obviously, Absolutely. and we think very highly of him. But I'm looking at the list. So Alex Bregman was above Barry Larkin, played at Michigan back in the day. Uh, Khalil Green uh, played at uh, Clemson. Nomar Garciaparra, and I saw him play at uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, Dustin Pedroia, Paul Molitor, Dick Groke. I don't even know who that is. Dick Grote, that sounds gross. I haven't known. I don't know any of these guys other than uh, Garcia Parra. You don't know Dick Grote? No. <laughs> <laughs> Alan Bannister, I don't even know who that is either. Yeah, Garcia Parra. Khalil, Khalil Green was, I think, the number one pick of the draft when okay. he came out. But I think he got hurt or something, or he wasn't went to the majors. There was a, there was a shortstop picked ahead of Bregman the year he came out, right? Swanson? Dansby Swanson. Right. He was picked ahead of him in the draft. Yeah, and I— I mean, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not going to complain. Well, I think he got hurt too. Dansby Swanson apparently. I think he got hurt at Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt at a certain time. So I don't think he was there the whole the whole time. Oh, like that's playing. right. Yeah, that's right. Um, I mean, I, look, I love Alex Bregman. I just wouldn't automatically think that's not, he's yeah, the best have. shortstop ever. Right. I just wouldn't even think that. Yeah. Um, the other players on the list from LSU, second baseman Todd Walker. This was my heyday of LSU baseball, and I would I would completely agree with that. Todd Walker was just amazing in college, and you really I really felt like he was just about to blow up in the in the pros too, but just never quite got over the got over the hump. I mean, right. he played for a long time, played for a lot of different teams, but he was just never like at the level that you really thought he was going to be. You thought he was going to be just a like a Mike Trout kind of guy, uh, that good of a player in college to where you're like, okay, you can't get him out. I mean, every time he got off the bat, uh, a good glove. I mean, it wasn't like the best ever, but um, yeah, I just thought he was. I thought he was destined for like big time things in the majors, and that just never happened. But the other uh, LSU player was Ben McDonald. Um, oh yeah, pitcher. He actually beat out, and these are, I guess they're looking at starting pitchers. He beat out Roger Clemens, Steven Strasburg, yeah, Mark Pryor. Uh, that's probably all you're going to really know. Um, but yeah, three, three LSU players on the all 
um, college baseball team list on ESPN. That's pretty good. And I started thinking, okay, all-time best uh, – say if you just made a roster of nothing but LSU baseball players, what would that look like? Um, and we kind of came up with a few here. So, catcher, uh, you have Brad Cressy. Okay. That's a easy – not an easy one. You have Gary Email, too, who was in 91. He was a big-time player. Um, but Cressy, I would say – the best catcher we've ever had as far as hitting-wise. Um, first baseman, it's Eddie Furness, and it's like no question about it. Right. Um, second base, Walker. Uh, shortstop, Bregman, obviously. Third base, um, I have uh, – Third base, I think. Huh? You can go a lot of different ways at third base, I think. I have Barbier. Okay. He, was a he was a second baseman when we first came, but then he moved over to the third – um, by his last year, and I, I put him there. But yeah, who who else would you? You see, that's the problem. I don't I don't know. So, there's so many baseball players I don't even know because uh, like I don't go back and uh, like watch baseball games, you know. But yeah, I you don't. And, it, I it is go back weird. And you don't watch a football game. I go. Yeah, back you don't go back and watch old baseball games. Yeah, like you do just, football games. Yeah, that you is have to like go weird. back and look at stats and stuff, and then sometimes that can be mistaken. Well, and the stats are a little weird with baseball too because exactly. you have the gorilla ball era, and then you have like the dead bat era. And it's like you got to look at both of them. And so outfield, I have Mikey Matuk. I didn't even put, like, positions on there. I just say outfield. Mikey Matuk, Blake Dean, and I put Lyle Mouton in there because um, I, I was around when, when Mouton was playing. I mean, dude, he was amazing. Um, we, could, we could even go Albert Bell. It was Joey Bell back then. But Where would um, Chris Mitchell fit in that? Jared Mitchell? Jared Mitchell, yeah. Jared yeah. Mitchell needs to be in there, too. Um, I mean, he's a first round pick, wasn't he? Yep, first round pick with the White Sox. Um, just never really caught on. Yeah, I don't know if he was hurt too. Something was going on there, but all right. So, pitchers I have Ben McDonald, Chad Oje, Mike Mike Sorotka, and Rick Green as your closer. But I could probably go Maddie Matty Ott. Oh yeah, Matty Ott closer. Um, Dude, I, mean, I wish. I also have to. I I I was doing this probably more for College World Series and not like all timer. Uh, you got to put Nola in there. Yeah, I was about to say Nola. Um, Dude, I wish we would have kept Zach Hess at closer. Oh, he, he was out. such a good closer. I know that was a big discussion point then. Just was wasn't a start. I, yeah, I just move him over there. He was lights out. Yeah. Oh my God, I just loved having him in. And if it was College World Series only, Zach Hess was in there. Um, Alex Lang. I mean, you got all, yeah. so many good pitchers. Yeah, Alex um, Lang was a stud. If it was Codswell Series only, too, it's got to be Brett Laxton. Jared He's, Poche was also really good. Poche has, like, a ton of wins in the Codswell yeah. Series, right? Yeah. Um, I love this discussion and just shows you – And I, after I started making these lists, I think it was me uh, – shout-out to Stephen Miller. Um, after I was making these lists, I was like, God damn it, I, love, I miss baseball. <laughs> I miss it so bad. Um, and I thought it was great to talk about this for July 4th weekend. And, uh, you know, I think I always think of the Sandlot and we just did a, um, yeah. a movie review on the Sandlot for, on our other podcast, but okay. it's just, this is the weekend where you, I just really wish we had some kind of baseball on TV. Um, is that, is that one of the best 4th of July movies? Just period. So, all right. 4th What's of July there? movies. We have Sandlot. We have Independence Day, Right. You you don't consider that as uh, uh no I mean it's definitely it's a you rolled your eyes at me no it's definitely a what, what do, Fourth what do you of July have? movie but is it like <laughs> what do you got? I don't know I can't even think of Fourth of July movies right now uh I mean I guess Independence Day has to be up there I mean let's I think of patriotic like movie, movies uh Miracle 
But that's in the wintertime. Still haven't seen Miracle. You've never seen Miracle? Which is crazy. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I actually just got into hockey, too. So All right, let's talk about um, baseball movies. What's your all-time top three baseball movies? All right, Sandlot's my number one. I would have to put, uh, obviously, uh, Field of Dreams. Mm -hmm. Jeez, I'm struggling to think of a third. Maybe Angels in the Outfield. Just cause oh I my watched, gosh. I watched it a lot when I was a kid. I, I haven't seen it. Get out of here, kid. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Moneyball. Moneyball. Okay. I got Major League, and it's not even close. Okay. Major League's number one. Um, I have Field of Dreams, number two. Okay. I actually have Moneyball, number three. Love yeah. Moneyball. I love Moneyball, too. Um, Major League, though, number one baseball movie actually, of all time. Would, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And not, don't give me any Major League 2 or any of that bull crap. It's Major League. <laughs> hey, big guy. You a golfer? Hats for bats. Yeah? What's your handicap? Keep bats warm. Glasses. What? Whoa, amigo, I, uh, you can't just... You're welcome. All right, so another topic we were going to talk about today was um, coming off the heels of we had a big recruit this week, uh, mm-hmm. Naquan Brown. Yep. Defensive, a smaller defensive end, right? He's listed an outside linebacker. Okay. He's so definitely smaller. He's like, I think. I think he's like 205. Yeah, he's, he's small, small dude. He's like the size of uh, Marcel Brooks. Marcel Brooks. And is, yeah, I saw a lot of people saying that he's like the Marcel Brooks replacement, which, uh, uh, okay. Yeah, because. Marcel Brooks, we know he has cover skills. He never used them in, at LSU, but he has cover skills. Right. I don't know. And he played Naquan wide receiver. Brown. I saw a clip. Uh, it was I think it was Shea Dixon posted yeah, a clip of Nussmeyer throwing a touchdown to Marcel Brooks. Bomb. Yeah. yeah. Um, that got me. I know. It got, it got me a little upset. Yeah. Um, all right. So I started looking at this a little bit more. I don't. I'm not, I mean, I used I used to follow recruiting big time, and I think you know that. Right. Um, but I haven't followed it as much as I, I used to, but looking at Naquan Brown, uh, is it Rajon Davis? Rajon Davis. Um, number Xavier. one outside linebacker right. in the country. Um, who's the other? And, uh, Xavier Carter. Xavier Carter. He's another linebacker. Uh, yeah. Outside linebacker. All three of these guys are outside. Outside linebackers. linebackers. So they're like, they're, right, all, they're uh, all like three, four edge rushers. Edge rushers. Right. Maybe drop out kind of thing. I don't know. I don't know that any of them have like drop back and coverage skills right now. I mean, I've I've watched all their highlight tape and it's all mm-hmm. like Russian passer. Um, I started looking at it too with uh, you got Mason Smith, number yeah. one, um, uh, number one guy out of Louisiana for right. sure. Number one defensive tackle, maybe not. Uh, I know he's like number twenty overall. Okay. So usually there's another defensive tackle somewhere in um, the top ten. Sounds like him and Corey Foreman, who Corey Foreman's the number one player in the country, right? right? Um, Where's deep, he? He's a uh, South Carolina. No, I thought, he was, I thought he was California. Oh, you're right. He is California. You're um, right. So he, I was thinking that because he he was formerly committed to Clemson. So you got a kid out of California and a kid in Homa, <laughs> who have said that they want to go to school together. Right. All indications are Mason Smith is pretty much LSU. Right. Um, unless somebody else makes a play, I don't I know. I always just get so nervous when we have like a really big defensive tackle com- uh, recruit in Louisiana. I feel like they always leave. Right. 
Like, we've just had such bad luck with those guys. Like, soft serve recently. It's got to be a different story now, right? Like, probably. I think things it's, have it's, just I, changed. It, but it, it, fe- it feels like things have changed. It you feels know? like it, but, I mean, we still haven't got that huge defensive tackle commit yet. Yep. Uh, which is strange because, you know, we have Coach O. He's supposed to be this big D-line guy mm-hmm. and this big recruiting recruiter guy. I think it's coming. I, bet, I think you feel like you're having a wave coming. Right. Um, now, I, it, it you know, it, sense. I love how they always say we're a package deal kind of thing. And then, like, you know, is it really? Like, whenever everything comes down and say uh, Mason Smith really wants to go to LSU and Corey Foreman really wants to go to USC. Is, are they going to part ways, or are they going to stick to their guns and try to win a national championship in college kind of thing? Yeah, it's hard to feel like that's like a super solid commitment to each other. Yeah, I don't you know? think it is. Especially when Corey it's like Foreman you met, you met just at some de- like he training just decommitted camp. from Clemson. You know, I think he'll. Oh, okay. I think he's more than capable of decommitting from Mason Smith. That's true. You know, um, so they probably met at some some big. You know, combine yeah. camp. And man, kind of thing. I saw a video on Mason Smith. I did he, too. He was going one on one with all these highly rated uh, offensive linemen, throwing them around. Oh my god, they couldn't. I, his hands are like he's he's got such good hands and like just powerful. You know what it reminded me of a little bit is when you watched used to watch tape of that same kind of uh, thing with uh, uh, Cardell Thomas. Yeah, Cardell Thomas was doing that kind I of stuff. I remember watching just him guys. on videos when he was a sophomore. Oh. And he was going up against seniors in high school, <laughs> and like was just mauling them at, like a like a grizzly bear. So I started looking at it more of um, LSU recruiting on the defensive side. You got these guys coming in, uh, Naquan Brown. You got Rajon Davis, um, but say you get Mason Smith and you get Corey Foreman. I mean, you're getting stacked at yeah. defense. Stacked. That front seven looks stupid good. I mean. And then you already got Jacoby and Guillory and uh, meanwhile, Jaquel and Roy. Yeah, meanwhile, we already know what's going on on offense, right? Like, offense, yeah. we're just uh, – we've set every record you could possibly set last year. Um, you have other guys that are coming in. You have wide receivers coming in and that we haven't really talked about, like Kayshawn Butte. You didn't Butte even mention, uh, along with Mason Smith, there's also uh, the number one safety in the country, uh, Sage Ryan That's in Sage Louisiana. Ryan, right out of Lake Charles, There's another right? guy who's like suspect, uh, expected to be at LSU. I think I heard that he's he might be committing to LSU this month, maybe yeah. even this week. Well, I think you're going to start seeing these guys probably commit before the season starts, yeah. too, because they don't really know what's happening yet. Right. Um, so just go ahead it's and get it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how early enrollees are going to look this year. I I don't know. It's just all a big jumble to me. But yeah, it's going to be strange. It, it also, on the offensive side, uh, you had mentioned Chris Hilton and uh, Brian Thomas, two big wide receivers. Yeah. And, and we already have really good wide receivers committed to us with uh, Deion Smith out of uh, Mississippi. And JoJo, uh, JoJo Earl. Earl, right. right. Um, I, I think you're loaded. And I, we we mentioned this before the podcast about, you know, the recruiting cycles after you win a national championship, it typically isn't the immediate recruiting class, but it's the very next year's recruiting class. Yeah. And I think we're starting to see that, especially on the defensive side, which is surprising. I would have thought you would have saw it on the offensive side. I, I thought you would have seen every top offensive player saying that they want to come to LSU. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like it's both sides of the ball. Yeah, um, It's just cool to come here now, yeah. which is great. It was just awesome. I've always wanted to see that with LSU recruiting. Um, I was, uh, I was. It made me start thinking back to the five for five days. Do you remember that? Uh. Uh-uh. 
Uh, that was the year Fournette came out. And what does that, uh, that mean? The five there was five recruits, and it was uh, LSU said they were going to go, or not they didn't say that, but the fans were saying we're going to go five for five. That would have been like Fournette, Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams, Malachi Dupree. No, no. Uh, it was, was that that year? Fournette, Jamal Adams, Tony Brown, uh, Hootie Jones. And Jared, Gerald Willis, that was the fifth. So, and so we got, what, two of those guys? Yeah, Hootie Jones went to Bama. Are you sure Malachi Dupree wasn't in that five? Because he was the number one wide receiver. I'm pretty sure he was that year. He may have. You know what? I might be confused with Hootie Jones was in there. And we didn't get Hootie Jones, but we ended up getting Jamal Adams. And it was okay. like, you didn't get that five for five list, but – you ended up getting Jamal Adams. Yeah, that recruiting class that year was stupid good. It was, but it was it, it was looked at like a failure because we didn't get the, some of the guys that we wanted to get. Okay. Um, and that was just Cameron Rob, uh, Cameron uh, Cameron Robinson. Robinson. Yeah, the offensive tackle. Cam Robinson. Cam from, Robinson from right, West right. Monroe. That's that was one the, of the guys. Uh, the so that was the year Cam Robinson and Hootie Jones kind of teamed up and they decided to go to Alabama. Okay. And, all right, the worst offender of that whole thing was Tony Brown. And I, I'm so happy he turned out to be a bust. He's actually playing in the NFL now, so he's not technically a bust. <laughs> but he went to Alabama. The story is he was on the phone uh, with uh, – it was Les Miles and um, Corey Raymond. Corey Raymond. They were on the phone with Tony him. Tony Brown, he's a wide receiver? Defensive back. DB, okay. Yeah, had a big afro. Super, super athletic guy. Fast, fast. Yeah, he was yeah, track yeah. star guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I remember him now. He's going up to the podium at the Under Armour All-American game. This is when all this was going down for this 5 for 5 thing. And apparently he got a call from, I think it was Corey Raymond, and said, uh, don't worry, coach, I'm coming. And so they hung up the phone, and he walked up on the stage, and he picked Alabama. <laughs> and it was like, screw these guys, bro. You uh -huh. don't want any of these guys to begin with. Um, so Gerald Willis ends up getting kicked out of Florida because uh -huh. he punched the kicker in the face or something like that. Um, Hootie Jones never really did much. Cam mm -hmm. Robinson obviously right. was a great player, Still, and he yeah. started immediately. Tony Brown was a headache that you didn't really want to begin with, and we ended up getting Leonard Fournette and Jamal Adams and Malachi Dupree, like you're saying. Right. Um, we won, right? Like we lost yeah. Cam Robinson, but we won on, yeah. you know, the others. So – but that was a year where you were just thinking, okay, when are we going to finally have the team where it's cool to come here? And apparently yeah. it still wasn't. It was cool to go to Alabama. Yeah. Um, that's why – That's honestly, that's another reason why I, it still burns me that uh, Marcel Brooks is leaving because when he yeah. ran to the student section and said – and looked Ugh. at all the recruits at Alabama. The second I saw someone post <sighs> that video after he decided he was transferring, I was like, it hurts me in the bottom of my pit of my soul yeah. that because that that was the great that was a great great moment. It was, and I'm sure yeah. he's I'm sure he meant it and all that. But now that he's leaving, it just it tarnishes it, won't it a little hurt, bit, right? It won't hurt at all though if he no. ends up at TCU, because then it's like no, okay, yeah, you were clearly just leaving because like you needed to go home, right? But if he goes to Baylor, I'll be like, mm. yeah. <laughs> Still, I'm always going to remember that video, and that was like – That was awesome. That was, that was a fantastic really cool. moment for LSU because it was just a turning point, you know. All right, so I know we, we've been talking a lot about LSU, but we've kind of been missing a little bit of stuff for the last couple of weeks on yeah. 
Um, NBA is returning. NBA is returning. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so what's the schedule look like? I know they started training camp uh, so a couple days ago. Or everybody, actually. Everybody's freaking out and saying that the NBA is trying to rig this thing up to get Zion into the playoffs because Pels have the easiest schedule, like, by far uh-huh. uh, in this little eight-game whatever whatever it's called. Um, but the Pels had the easiest schedule – in the regular season before like the easiest but that was a controversy as well left that was a controversy was as it? well yes they were they basically were saying that uh they were trying to get zion in the playoffs from the very beginning right but we had had we'd had a tough schedule before everything had been canceled right no i think we had an easy an easier schedule just at the beginning of the year oh really yes so that's why, I, okay. yeah. Oh, mate. <laughs> if that's true, then I'll shut up. But uh, I don't care. That's fine. I, I look. Hey, I'm all about at this point. It, it nothing's normal, right? right? Let's just make it fun. Yeah. And let's. let's wa- I want to watch it. I want to <laughs> watch it. Yeah. Do we want Zion or do we want uh, Donovan Mitchell and the Utah Jazz? Well, they're already in. But it's. it's but as be an between, example, just as be an example. Between, uh, It'll be between the Pels and uh, the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies. Uh, that's all. Those are three fun teams. I mean, you got yeah. Memphis is probably the least fun of those. But Why? I mean, John ja, ja ja Mor- Morant. Yeah, but I mean, is John ja Morant more fun than Damian Lillard? I like him. I sure, but I don't. Uh, Damian Lillard's great. I, I'm not trying to say those, he's not good. Which but of I, those I just teams has a he's shot? Not exciting to me. Which of those teams has a shot to beat the Lakers? I don't care about that. I just want to see uh, Damian Lillard. I love watching Damian Lillard. Maybe see, that's I, where we're disagreeing. I like. Um, I mean, I love watching John. Morant I like too. the potential of of Zion and John Morant. Yeah, and like for sure. I feel like it's like an off season. Like they, it, they're not even rookies anymore. Like I feel like they're like, yeah, second year guys. Now. Yeah, they're gonna kind of come into this like it's their sophomore. I, I'm just super excited about seeing like highly competitive stuff. Um, yeah, so it it could be, you know, the Pels against the, the Lakers in the first round. But, like, who knows at this point? Well, you don't know. Well, really how, fun is – They're um, all on yachts. I mean – If we're if, – if we do keep within four games of the Grizzlies and we stay ahead of – we stay ahead of the Trailblazers, uh, then we'll, we'll play the Grizzlies in like a – we'll play them one time and we have to beat them – it's like a du- we're, we're double elimination. They're single elimination, or it would be or the other vice way versa. Vice versa, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we, we have, have to beat, them, beat twice. them twice, and they would only have to beat us once. Okay. Uh, so basically, to get we, into yeah, the playoffs, and those would be just that's so cool. intense. That's I so know, cool. They, it, Adam Silver absolutely killed this. Like, did such a good job. And you know, I all right. So what's happening with Major League Baseball? Do you know all the stuff that's happening with it? No, um, I just know there's 60 games. There's 60 games, and and they're pr- and there's only like every team only gets like six off days. Okay, so it's just jam packed games, yeah. games, games. Yeah, I I think I'm going to enjoy this baseball season more than normal uh, because it's not as many games, right. and everything kind of counts, yes. right? Like there is no that's like the biggest like complaint I think with baseball. It's not the biggest complaint with baseball, but it's one of the biggest complaints. Basketball with baseball. too. Yeah. Basketball too. You have guys that take off nights right. because have, of the traveling uh, and all that kind of stuff. What's the word that they use for it now? Uh, yeah, load uh, management. Load management, yeah. right? Uh, I got your load management. <laughs> 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 um, so I like. 
that these games matter. And it's kind of like college football, like how all the games matter. Yes. And it's the same, same kind of situation there. And it makes me care about it a little bit more. Um, right, and teams are going to be pitching their starting pitchers like way more often now. I would I mean, assume you're so. You're going to have to because you're just, like so close to the playoffs immediately. Yeah, you, you kind of have to forget your uh, regular season strategy and go straight into your postseason strategy. Yeah. Um, but it's like, are these guys in shape enough? Uh, they're going to go through a spring training, but are they in shape enough to go through a grind like that immediately? I, I, to me, it's all interesting, and it yeah. like adds to the strategy a little bit more too. I don't know. Are they going to like increase the roster size a little bit to, to I make up for some of that? thought they were. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what their I, normal sizes are either, or anything like that. But um, I'm not the biggest baseball follower. But I'm I, not a huge I, major I'll league baseball follower. A lot more than I, I would do. too. I would too. I mean, not only because it's going to be a little bit more interesting, but it also, I mean, I haven't had well, real sports and and then it it makes me. I'm going to crave it even more when we're at the end of this baseball season. Is LSU baseball this next season because of col- the the way college baseball has set this whole thing up is college baseball is about to have a explosion year this yeah. next year. They've expanded rosters. Um, guys didn't leave because they weren't drafted. Uh, everybody's kind of staying put. Plus you have the new guys that were coming in that were going to go draft. They were going to get drafted early. They're coming in. Um, so LSU's got recruits galore coming in and they still have a lot of the guys that stuck, stuck around last year. Um, it's not just them. There's plenty of other, I think Vanderbilt, Florida, other schools like that. They're completely loaded with like yeah. major league. I feel like this is going to work out talent. really well for Vanderbilt. Well, I just, for college baseball in general, to me is it's going to be such the best product you've ever had on the field for college baseball. Um, right. that's what I want to see. And yeah, who, who knows who's going to win the national, I don't know who's going to win the championships or anything, for but sure. it's going to be great baseball to watch and be very exciting, you know? Um, so, all right, let's switch gears a little bit. We haven't talked a little bit about this in a while either, but NFL, right? Cam Newton, scam Newton is now with, uh, the Patriots with old Bill, old Bill Belichick. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't know how Cam Newton fits with that, but, uh, I mean, I'm sure Bill Belichick's going to figure it out. I do too. Um, now I'm not like going to go ahead and just tell you that the Patriots are going to be great and Cam Newton is all of a sudden he's like up high on like an MVP list and I'm like come on I I don't he's got to prove that that he's healthy first I agree he's got to prove that he's healthy but he's also got to prove that he can fit into a system like this um yeah but is it you gotta I kind of think Bill Belichick can fit his system around anybody uh, that's kind of what he proved with like Jacoby Brissett a couple of years ago. Although I mean Jacoby Brissett's a little bit more pro style than Cam Newton, or maybe a lot more pro style than Cam Newton. But well, and I'm like, are, you, are is Cam Newton going to be an accurate quarterback? Um, I yeah. think that's what we haven't seen yeah. in the last five years or so. I mean, is I wouldn't bank on it. I wouldn't either. Um, I mean, I, he has no receivers. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to give him the same re- receiving core that you always gave Tom Brady, is Cam Newton. That's gonna not going to work. No, it's mm-hmm. not going to do any better. Right. Um, you might as well just start turning your team into a run-heavy team, kind of like the 49ers, you know? Well, what they ought to do is they ought to go get some uh, – because the things that worked best for Cam Newton is that he had a super reliable tight end with Greg Olson. Yeah. 
And uh, one of his, I mean, one his, one of his best seasons was when he had uh, Kelvin Benjamin, and Kelvin Benjamin was just catching everything. He was right. just a beast. And it looked like it Kelvin was almost Benjamin like another tight end out there because he's so like large. Kelvin Benjamin was the next DeAndre Hopkins type yeah. guy. Uh, and then he got he tore his ACL and that didn't go well. So but. really, they have uh, Julian Edelman. Um, right? Is that really like? No, I mean, it's not. It's not gonna move the needle. I feel man. like Julian Edelman needs like really nice passes, really quick. Get him, get him out in space, and you know, let him be physical with corners. Type I thing. think this can make a little bit of the um, sour taste of Bill Belichick a little bit after this year. I, I don't feel like that's gonna help them at all and I think um you're gonna start seeing them not like a serious decline but I don't see them you know winning I don't even see them winning really 10 games yeah I'd say it feels like 10 and 6 is like the ceiling yeah um but I'm seeing more of like an 8 and 8 8 8 9 and 7 kind of deal yeah I mean still be a good team obviously right yeah um but yeah I don't see Cam Newton I I see him making mistakes what I see um, I, I saw some hot takes with people like Patriots are going to be the worst team in their their division now, and I was like, eh. eh I don't know about that either. The Dolphins are still there. Yeah, I uh, I like the Bills. I think mm-hmm. the Bills are doing pretty well with what they. I like the Dolphins in like three years from now. They have so much like young, really good talent. I mean, you got so if, Tua is Tua going to be their starter? He might. I don't know. I've thought about that a lot actually. Like, I feel like he's not going to be the starter from the get go. Uh, he might still be like getting healthy. Yeah. Uh, but they have Ryan Fitzpatrick still, so you can just plug Fitz Magic in. That's for a little true. Bit. So just play him until he's ready. But if eventually, not. when Stu is healthy, um, him and Devontae Parker is going to be an awesome duo. So the only problem that happened with this Cam Newton thing is that it ruined my um conspiracy theory. Do you remember that conspiracy theory? The Andrew Luck deal. That Bill Belichick was yeah. going to pull Andrew Luck it's out of retirement. Deal. It's only a one-year deal. One-year deal. So maybe maybe there. they got a call from Andrew Luck, and he's like, "Look, Bill, I need another year." Maybe and Andrew like, Luck's waiting for uh, Jim Harbaugh to go back into the NFL, or maybe he's waiting to be. I don't know. When you retire, I think you're still like your rights are still owned by that team for a few years. Maybe he's waiting for that to go away. I don't know. Uh, hey, let's waiting, just keep throwing. Waiting this to stop out getting there. that paycheck from the Colts. That's right. Okay. He's probably and he's probably gonna get the league pension here soon. So. Yeah. Get his um, brain right in shape. Yeah. Yep. And then all of a sudden, Bill Belichick gets the number one pick of the draft from a few years we'll, ago. We'll start doing some investigating, see if uh, yeah. Andrew Luck's still Put training. Put our feelers out there. I bet you he's still training. Um, let's see. Jav- uh, J- Davion Clowney was the last – he's the last guy. Yeah, you <laughs> just told like, me about right? that before we, uh, before we came on. Yeah, it looks like there's know. rumors of, like, uh, the Cowboys and uh, the Saints. Yeah, I so. saw the Cowboys. I didn't see the Saints, though. I uh, That's that's – that was something that people were talking about in like late January, early January, or something like that, and uh, and then it kind of just kind of went away. But I guess it's resurfacing now, which is pretty cool. Uh, you said Jadavian Clowney said something about it. Not uh, that public, somebody was saying that's what his he, one of his he's been requesting yeah, or yeah. something like that. I don't know what that really means if that's for true or not, but. Um, it would be interesting to have him, and I, I would assume it would be a short-term deal until they could somebody could sign him long-term. Yeah. I don't really know, but um, that could work for the Saints because we're still kind of waiting on uh, Christian Davenport to Marcus Davenport, right? Either way, Marcus Davenport. We're still kind of waiting on him to find his place in the NFL. Not that he doesn't know what his position is or anything like that, but he's still kind of 
raw and he's not, he can't stay healthy. I mean, having Jadavian Clowney on a short term deal, especially for like the last year of Drew Brees. Right. I mean, that but would be, that's kind of what I'm thinking is any, any of your deals need to kind of just line up with Drew Brees exactly. right now. And like, let's just like go balls out. Gone, it's like, I mean, okay, well it's the rebuild time. Right. Exactly. Right. Um, yeah. And we, we, don't really know. I mean, I'm assuming Jameis Winston. I mean, that's a one-year deal too. So yeah, he's also on a one-year deal. Uh, Lot to figure out, and hopefully, we have a football season to figure it out. Um, maybe, uh, maybe Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck coming out of retirement, <laughs> come to the Saints. Let's go. You heard it here first on One Team One Podcast. Hey guys, we're gonna cut it short this week um, for the holiday. And again, a big shout out to Courtesy Automotive Group, Courtesy Buick GMC, and Lafayette. Uh, check out our Facebook page, Brandon Lejeune. Give him a like on Facebook and reach out to him if you can next week. If you have a uh, a deal that you're trying to make on a new vehicle, maybe get a low interest rate right now, uh, Brandon can help you out. He's a big LSU fan, big LSU basketball fan too. So reach out to him. He would love to talk to you about some 80s, 90s basketball. Again, they are in Lafayette, but they will do business with anybody in the state and they can deliver cars to you. So that's courtesy Buick GMC, courtesy Automotive Group. And also check out Bandit Radio. So Bandit Radio, we have our uh, top 10 list that just came out on on Twitter at Bandit Radio 3. We have our top 10 list there, but also go check out our other podcasts that are in the Bandit Radio family. And you can also check us out, One Team, One Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram. And you can check us out on Twitter, One Team, One Pod, at One Team, One Pod on Twitter. Um, very active on Twitter. Uh, Jack likes to start fights, and then I end up having to come in, um, settle everybody down. Yeah. <laughs> but then the Penn State guy just pissed me off. Right. Um, so yeah, reach out to us on Twitter. We would love to talk to you. Any other podcasts that want to reach out to us too. We're about to start uh, figuring out having some guests on this show. I feel mm -hmm. like we've gotten through our intro phase of our show. We're going to start introducing some guests to our lineup as well. Um, and then also reach out to SEC Biased Podcast. We're going to be on that show coming up here soon. Um, there are an SEC podcast. I think we're on in what a month. Yeah, I think, it's, I actually think it's in a couple of uh, weeks, actually. So maybe about two weeks from now. What was the um, day? It was August. It was August 4th, Oh, right? maybe I'm wrong. I thought it was like July 17th. I might be wrong. Yeah, okay, it could we'll, be in August. We'll take a look. Um, but I think they're lining up a, a, a podcast from every single team in the right. league. So right. we're, we're uh, gracious enough to be the... Um, the LSU podcast for their lineup. Also check us out at one team, one podcast.com guys. You can check out all of our episodes. Plus you can go to our shop page. We have a ton of different t-shirts that we're, we're putting out there on our shop page. So go check us out there. And if you are able to find miles Brennan on campus or anywhere around, ask him how much he weighs and reach out to us on Twitter, One Team One Pod. We would love to have you come on the show, talk to us on our new game show, Guess Miles Brennan's Weight. So anybody that can find him on on uh, on campus, or if you want to reach out to him on social media, ask how much he weighs. We would love to know. Specifically, if you see him at a restaurant of any kind, please take a picture. Please send take it to a picture. Us. We want to see the dish that's in front of him. Yes. Uh, if it's like soup or something like that, we need to know. If this. you see him at Cane's, you need oh. to let us know exactly what kind of combo he gets. Yes. If it's a Caniac or a kid's combo or something like that. Oh, we, my God. We need to know. And if he keeps the slaw. Oh, my God. Uh, oh. Well, I mean, he uh, 
he's with Coach O a lot, so maybe he does. Maybe give Coach O the slaw. Yeah. With the extra oh, toast, maybe, man. Yeah. You need extra toast, Miles. <laughs> Kaniac, extra sauce, extra toast, extra slaw. One Team, One Podcast, a Bandit Radio Production.